everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Steeler Nation podcast. This is episode 16, and I'm your host, Tyler Candelaria. We're brought to you by SteelerNation.com. And today, well, obviously, it's Friday. We'll preview the week five match between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll be joined by SteelerNation.com contributor, and he contributes for a lot of other stuff, too. We'll let him you know, let you know what that is after he's done with us today. But Chris Mueller, he'll be joining us. He's joined us a couple times on the show, and we'll break down all you need to know about the Week 5 matchup between the Steelers and the Jags. And before we really get into that, we'll break down yesterday's Thursday night matchup, which I'll, I'll do it right now. So the New England Patriots, you know, they won 19-14, to 14, I believe, at the final. But I tweeted yesterday, the Patriots look like a very beatable team. This team, and I'm, I'm sure, like I said, I'm sure Belichick and Brady, the two of the best to ever do it, They'll get it going, I'm sure. They're, they're, I, I can't really explain maybe many of the problems, maybe because they lost a couple of weapons. Obviously, they didn't have Edelman for the whole season. Gronk didn't play yesterday. It's kind of tough when you don't have those guys. But the way to beat these guys, and it always has been the way, play good man defense and get to the quarterback. If you can get so, I'm sure they'll have it figured out by you know, week 15, Week uh, 16, I think it's week 15 they play the Steelers. But if the Steelers can just play good man defense, like the man-to-man, they've been playing good pass defense, they can just maintain that throughout the season and get pressure on the quarterback like they've been doing. The Steelers have a good shot to beat the Patriots. But I'm sure Patriots are now 3-2. and two, And honestly, the Patriots could really be 1-4 and four, if you really think about it. They really snuck one out when they played against Houston, a game-winning touchdown with like 23 seconds left to Brandon Cooks. Houston's defense just fell asleep. That was... Well, they could have been one and three heading into last night, and then Nick Folk missed a couple, you know, chip shot field goals, and that really cost Tampa Bay the game. That was Brady and Belichick's first win in Tampa Bay in their careers, the last team they had to do it against to beat everybody on the road, to beat everybody in general. But Nick Folk, I already saw that Tampa Bay's working out two to three more kickers at practice today, and he pretty much lost the game, if you really think about it. It is. Tampa Bay wins that game. It's a couple. It's 20 to 19. You got to think about that right there. But I mean, I'm sure the Patriots figure out things differently if he makes those field goals. But, you know, they're going to, the Patriots are going to, I'm sure, figure it out. But for now, they look like a really beatable team. But anyway, we have on the line Chris Mueller. He's joining us. We're going to break down the Steelers Jags game this weekend. How are you doing today, Chris? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. No problem, man. So, just got, you know, I just saw the injury report, and it and it's good news for the Steelers. They had all full participants today besides Marcus Gilbert. He's doubtful, so we'll probably see Chris Hubbard fill in for the third straight week in his spot. But I think it's a good sign to see a lot of these guys are getting healthy. Yeah, for sure, especially on the defensive side of the ball, uh, Tyler. I don't think they've had their you know entire starting 11 group all healthy at the same time um, this right. season yet. So. It'll, it'll be good to see everyone back and kind of the see uh, the Steelers defense that we all once pictured would be together at the beginning of the season. And, um, you know, we haven't been able to see. So, I mean, it's going to be tough not having Marcus Gilbert, especially given um, the, you know, the players Jacksonville has on the defensive line. But other than that, you know, speaking defensively, uh, all sides, it's, it's definitely a positive. Right, and I totally agree with you on that because they 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 were out with without uh, Stephon Tewitt at times. They've been without Sean Davis. They've been without Mike Mitchell. So to have all those guys together, it's a really 
the defense has performed really well. Obviously, they struggled, you know, on the run defense against Chicago and a couple breakout plays last week against the Ravens. But the defense has looked good, and now that, you know, it's all healthy and all 11 guys are out there, this could be a really dominant team. Definitely, and just look at look at how much Cam Hayward benefited from having Stephon oh, back a week ago. I mean, ended up in him being what it was AFC Defensive Player of the Week. Like, right. I mean, he was dominant. I mean, he you know four I think four fumble and the sacks, and it's just he you know when you have to it on the other side of the line, and he's he's drawing double teams and he's drawing attention, then it just makes Cam's job that much easier. And same thing for T.J. Watt and Bud, Bud Dupree on the outside. I mean. You know, when those four, that contingent is all together, they just feed off each other. So, um, yeah, having to it back is big. Sean Davis, you know, I think I think he's poised for a big sophomore season, you know, big second year. Um, so, I mean, you're right. It's just good that they're all back together and now we can see how they, they mesh and gel and can they continue to improve moving forward. So this week in Jacksonville, they play, you know, really – really solid running back. Obviously, Jacksonville doesn't have the greatest offensive line, but they have a really solid running game with Leonard, Leonard Fournette. What do you think the key for the Steelers is to, you know, stop that running game and keep up the, you know, dominant work up, up front? I mean, you said it. I think it starts up front. I mean, controlling the line of scrimmage, not letting Fournette uh, get into the second level. And then we kind of seen um, with the linebackers, Vince Williams and Ryan Shazier, you know, they're such, they're two attackers, you know, they're, they're attacking uh, the point, the, you know, the point uh, when they see the running back. So maybe it's, it's kind of not getting overextended, not getting caught, um, you know, outside the hole uh, when Fournette does burst. So, so I think if they can play sound and the defensive line can control, uh, you know, that front the line of scrimmage, that's really what's going to happen because we saw in Chicago too, um, you know, the, the holes were wide open. It was gaping. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, it was, you know, the running backs weren't getting touched until they were, you know, three, four, four yards uh, out of the line of scrimmage. So that can't happen against anybody, whether it be the second-ranked rushing offense in the league in Jacksonville or Chicago. Um, so, I mean, I think as it does always, it's just controlling the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and it did happen, you know, a few times against Baltimore. Not much. They pretty much maintained it, but Every now and then you got one of those 15-yard bursts, 20-yard bursts. You know, just a little, couple of those happened even in a first-play game, I think. So I think as long as they can just maintain those little things there, they can really, you know, be dominant. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you got to like what you've seen from Fournette, though. I mean, I, I thought him and Dalvin Cook uh, were the two best running mm-hmm. backs coming out of the draft, and unfortunately what happened to Dalvin, Dalvin went uh, down. But before that yeah. ACL injury, I mean, he, he was looking he was looking very good too, and it was kind of like, you know, a, a two-horse two race in terms of which running back was going to be the best out of the league. But, I mean, yeah, Fournette, he's a perfect fit for that offense. And, and I mean, but the thing is, with the way Blake Bortles has been playing and kind of the, the inability to, to throw the ball for Jacksonville, especially downfield, it's really they're just relying on that run game. If the Steelers are able to stop the run, then they shouldn't really – I don't think they should have much of a problem, um, you know, beating a one-dimensional Jacksonville team. Exactly. And the Steelers, you know, they haven't really played, you know, a top-tier quarterback, I would say, yet. They haven't really played, you know, a really, like, tough guy yet. But the, other than that, though, the, you know, the secondary has looked good, which, which actually surprised me with that Chicago game. Usually last year the problem was, like, we could stop the run, but they couldn't stop the pass. So, I mean, I like what I've seen out of the secondary. Obviously not many great quarterbacks they've played against, but other than that, I think they've looked great. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of early to say. They haven't really faced um, too much of tough competition in Case Keenum and Mike Lennon and then, um, you know, a Joe, a Joe Flacco, who I think is really not the same quarterback he was three, four, five years ago. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think we've seen the the uh, addition of Joe Hayden, what he's been able to do. I think Artie Burns has looked a lot better, uh, you know, in his second season, and it's all kind of coming together. I mean, who would have thought Mike Hilton would be making the impact that he yeah. is and um, so Will Gay hasn't gotten beat on anything over the top yet, knock on wood. Uh, so it's all or too much. <laughs> uh, so it's all, yeah, it, it is, it's, it's a surprise. Uh, I thought this defense would be improved after last season, but I wouldn't necessarily have said um, that they would be playing this well this early. Um, but, I mean, I think, I think the pass rush, is too, has really impacted – uh, you know, the way the Steelers are, are defending the pass because last year they, they were getting no rush. They were not rushing the quarterback well in the beginning of the season. And that's when a quarterback can sit back in the pocket and have time to go through his second and third reads. Um, that's when that's when secondaries get killed. Uh, but T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree and Anthony Ciccolo and, and company, they've really, you know, made it tough on quarterbacks, which in, in hand makes it tough uh, to, you know, makes it easier for the secondary. For sure, and like you said, I I think it's absolutely like amazing to see a guy like Mike Hilton just really perform the way he's done. This guy came out of nowhere; nobody knew who this guy. I'm, I don't know how he wasn't even on a team before. He had a really good. I saw he had a really good college career, but I, the, the fact that he just jumped out of nowhere is insane. He's played very well for Pittsburgh. Yeah, and he's just he's. I mean, yeah, it's the it's the ultimate story. I think I told you a few weeks ago. I, I watched him in rookie camp and, and OTAs, and right. I never would have told you. I mean, I never thought he would have made the roster, let alone be kind of you know making this impact. Um, I mean, we saw the sack last week. He he's just I mean, I believe he had an interception too. Um, yeah. it, it's just the way he he's been playing. I mean, he's it's obvious. You know, he's getting the time over Will Gay, and I mean, he's he's putting up the numbers. He's performing, and that's not going to stop anytime soon. I think he's making an impact. He's playing special teams too, which is what they ask of uh, those young guys, those rookies, that just as much as they can play defense, you know, in, in situations they need to play special teams too. And um, I think he's he's playing. I mean, he's an old Miss guy. He's playing the mm-hmm. way they envisioned Senquez Golson playing and what the thing Senquez Golson was going to be doing, um, but like before they knew his injury, his injury history. So, I, I mean, yeah, you've got to like what Hillen, Hillen's bringing to the team this season. And like you said, like overall with the defensive side, I think next week, obviously we're breaking down the Jacksonville game this week, but I think next week is going to be is really going to show what the Steelers defense has, you know, really made up. They're going to have to stop a very good running game, probably the best in the NFL right now, Kareem Hunt, and a team that's, you know, Alex Smith has performed well. So I think next week is really where we're going to, this team's really going to be tested. Yeah, and how about Kareem Hunt out of Glass City? Uh, yeah. Toledo, you know, what he's been able to do. Um, and, you know, this Chiefs team has revenge on their minds just from the way the playoff game ended last season and that controversial holding call uh, James Harrison drew and some of the things Travis Kelsey said after the game. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's really – if the Steelers can improve, you know, to 4-1 and one heading into that game, um, really that's, that's going to be the marquee matchup to watch. Uh, you know, the Steelers had their way with the Chiefs in the regular season a year ago. 
Um, and that was really early, early, and I feel like that was kind of a fluke. It was pouring rain at Heinz Field that night, and they kind of just dominated. Um, so I think it's going to be a lot closer. But, yeah, I think that's when we'll get maybe a true barometer to how good, um, you know, or how far along this Steelers team is. Yeah, that's also in Kansas City, so we probably won't see a 42-14 game or whatever that score was, I'm sure. <laughs> Certainly not. I think I think it's the toughest place to play in the league. I mean, I know there's mm-hmm. Gillette has the Gillette has had the Steelers number, and there's some other tough places. But that environment, I mean, I was watching what was it the Monday night game a few couple weeks ago. It, it's yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, they, they. I mean, when Pittsburgh went into there for the playoffs last year, that that was that looked really. That was a tough game. I wasn't. Totally set on it, but since you know the Steelers were playing so well at the end of the year last year, they like they kind of gave me the confidence. But it was that was a really tough game. They had to pretty much grind that out and you know rely on Chris Boswell. Hey, come on, we know we know Andy Reid is his status in the playoffs. <laughs> I had no doubt the Steelers were going to win. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was a good it, that was a good game, and you know I, it just. The way the Steelers won, they you know they didn't score a lot of points. It was a gritty defensive performance. Kind of guys stepping up who who don't normally you know Sean Davis. I remember had a big pass breakup in the end zone, and James Harrison really you know at the end of the year that far deep into the league a thir- into the season it's you know cold and a 38 year old having that kind of you know drawing making that kind of play. Uh, it was incredible. And, and after that game, you know I was almost the way they had won and the way they had gotten through. Um, a game of that that magnitude, I thought, you know, I, I in my mind, I thought they were poised to beat the Patriots. Obviously, that wasn't the case. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be a great game on uh, that week. The thing is, though, as we saw in Chicago, the Steelers cannot overlook the Jaguars. You know, looking at I know. Up, <laughs> that's where we'll have that's where they'll have another, um, you know, inexcusable, you know, so to speak, loss. Yeah, you got, you got to – can't be looking ahead to these games, at least from the Steelers' standpoint. It, it happens every single year. But I think, you know, playing at home this weekend, I think it's really going to give them an edge. And, I the, I mean, it's just the offense, obviously, they still put up 26 points against, you know, I don't know if I call the Ravens – I mean, the Ravens' defense was solid the first couple of weeks. past two weeks hasn't looked good. But, I, I mean, I, I would call it a pretty good defense. But I, I just think that the offense, you know, eventually just has to – come through so it, eventually it's going to have to something's going to have to will click for Pittsburgh especially with Martavis Bryan, Antonio Brown Le'Veon Bell so I think maybe this could be the week maybe Roethlisberger has a big game I know he started off slow and he, and he usually does start off slow so I think that eventually he's going to get it going Yeah you want to be playing your best football in December and January not in October, September and October um, so I think they're, they're still ironing out the kinks I mean uh, they they gave Le'Veon 39 touches last week. I don't think they can do that week in and week out. Um, but, you know, you mentioned Roethlisberger. It's going to be interesting to see how he, he kind of performs moving forward because there's some people that's kind of labeling him, oh, look at look at this sharp decline. You know, he, he's in his 14th uh, year in the league, I believe. And so it's like um, maybe is he turning into more of where he needs to be a game manager? Um, you know his deep ball accuracy, I feel, has not been not been very good. You know, no. through uh, the season. So, I mean, does he still have it in him? Is he just kind of is it just kind of uh, you know working out kinks, or or is this the new Roethlisberger we're going to have to see where he's relying more on the weapons around him than he is and his elite. You know what we've seen already and his elite passing ability, stretching the field. 
um, and kind of finding, you know, making plays out of nothing. So um, I think we'll have an answer to that over the next couple months, you know, maybe a month or two. Um, but he's, he's, he's great at Heinz Field. So this would be the week to do it for him, you know, maybe another five touchdown performance. Like uh, he's done so many times on that, on that field. And I agree. And Jacksonville actually surprised me. They've actually, you know, maintained quarterbacks this year. I saw they've actually maintained them to not like high type numbers, but I think being at home, it's only their second home game. They, I saw they have like seven out of 12 home games left out of the 12 games they played. I feel like they play, always play on the road. I think this is really, you know, Roethlisberger's. This should be a game for him to break out. Yeah, and, I mean, it's good to see. I think uh, that, that win in Baltimore was the highest win, uh, you know, point differential in Baltimore in, like, some – it was some crazy statistic, you know, in a long time. So, it's good to see. They never win in Baltimore. They didn't win last year. Um, you know, if you look up their record – uh, on the road there at M&T Bank, it's not good. So, I mean, the, the fact that they have, they have you know, done this well early in the season, basically playing on the road every game um, is a good sign of the team. The competition, as I said, I mean, go up into Cleveland, that's a win. That should have been a win. Chicago should have been a win. Um, you know, Baltimore was kind of sketchy. But, yeah, the fact that they do play so well at Hines, and especially late in Hines. Um, so that's really – uh, they have that going for them, I'd say. Yeah, and the second half of the season is when it really, you know, gets tough for Pittsburgh if you look ahead. But we're still looking at this week. So, yeah, what you said, Roethlisberger, he, he, he hadn't won there since 2010. It's been seven years for him because the last time they won, they had Charlie Batch playing there. But looking, you know, wow. this week, yeah. <laughs> but um, seeing uh, Le'Veon, I I like the way I know Le'Veon Bell had 35 carries, so that, but they but they they show that they're going to establish the run early and often. So obviously he only ran probably only like three over three yards a carry or something close to four. But I, they ran a lot of eye formation. I did realize that what they did a lot last year and it worked. They hadn't done it with him that much. I felt like every time James Conner played, they ran it. But they started doing it a lot with Bell with with Roosevelt Nix in front of him, which I think really you know helps Bell. And they ran a lot to the outside with him. So I think. If they keep, you know, running those by, I think that's going to keep getting Bell, like, you know, more breakout runs. Obviously, he can find holes up the middle, but I think they really helped him out, and I think they could maintain doing it this week. Yeah, I mean, just with, with uh, the patience Bell has in the run game, I mean, that's perfect, you know, where he can kind of gain some momentum out of the eye formation in the backfield, but then have a couple seconds to, like, uh, stutter and see where the hole is breaking up and, and kind of read the defense and read how, you know, the zone block um, is going um, is definitely a benefit to have James Conner flash some good things last week I think on, on the limited touches the limited runs that he had um, so yeah I, I don't expect him to get 35 carries again but I mean somewhere in maybe the 25 to 30 range would, would be my anticipation yeah I agree with that I think they're probably would, I think they're going to try to get Roethlisberger going probably early. I would think in this game, especially at home, you want to want to set that tempo. How do you think Antonio Brown's going to build off? You know that that rough performance, obviously, but you know the little tantrum. How do you think he's going to build off their performance this week? Yeah, definitely. I wouldn't put any uh, merit into to the tantrum. The cooler being a distraction. I mean, I know he came out today <laughs> and apologized publicly. 
um, to, to reporters. So, you know, that's water under the bridge. That was things for media, even though I am media, uh, to talk about. <laughs> and then really, it, it was a thing. I saw Vince Williams was joking around about it. Um, so Won yeah, the rematch. Bounce back. <laughs> Yeah, it's the perfect week uh, for him to really, you know, exploit, uh, I think, a weak Jacksonville secondary. And, um, you know, even you know, the fact that him and, and really Martavis, you know, will he will he continue to kind of knock the rust off? Mike Tomlin, I know, alluded that he, there is some rust with him. And, uh, you know, someone I've been impressed with as well is Juju Smith-Schuster. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I've really liked what I've seen out of Juju in – and I think Ben said it a couple of days ago. He's, he's seen, you know, obviously he's not high in Zora, but he's seen Ward-like things. He, he likes to hit. He's a good he's catch touchdowns, a good, you know, slot guy. I think that Juju has really filled into that spot well. Yeah, and it looks like he's taken, taken the rollover from Eli Rogers, who was inactive last week um, after kind of dropping the punt. So um, I'm a big Eli fan. Uh, you know, big Eli fan. I think Eli Rogers, you know, is good. Did some good things last year. Definitely brings an element to the offense. But um, I mean, it looks like I don't know. Has he lost his job? Uh, will he when he does return? Will he kind of get some reps, or is it Juju, with the way Juju's been playing? Is he taking over the primary slot role? That's definitely something to watch this week and into next week too. Right. I think, I think Tomlin did say it wasn't a firing. It's just you know, kind of this. Put him in active, and you'll see he'll get. I think he's going to get it going. I, I like Eli, that, which that really surprised me this year because obviously they didn't have Martavis Bryant, but Eli played really well last year and in big games too, big moments like against Baltimore. He had that, I think he had that real good like diving catch, really high throw by Ben. You know he does those a lot, but you know he, he stepped up in big moments last year. And I really thought I was expecting like a good year out of Eli, especially out of the slot and as a third receiver with Martavis back, and it was really going to help Eli. Like, Juju's filled in well, and I, I like the move, and, it, and now it looks like why they drafted him. I mean, because they drafted him in the second round, so that they had a lot of receivers already, so, you know, it was a little questioning. But and maybe that's why they did it, and I I, I think Eli, eventually, they're, they're going to give him some more reps. We'll have to see. Yeah, they definitely didn't uh, draft Juju to sit the bench. Um, so, and the fact he's, what, 19 or t- just turned 20, um, the youngest yeah. player in the NFL, the fact that he's doing this, he's playing already at a high level, um, so early into his career, I mean, he might not even be done completely growing yet, or maybe he is, but, um, you know, it's just, that's such a positive to see, and it really, it puts Eli Rogers' future in Pittsburgh up in the air, because is he want to, you know, when he does eventually become, I know he's only in, what, his third season, he was on IR his first year, yeah. You know, when he does, when the time does come to resi- resign, is he really going to want to come back if he, he's he's a backup, you know, or he's the fourth or fifth receiver? I'm not really sure about that. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure he can fill in well at the slot for, you know, teams that, you know, need that position. But we're, we are, with their Steelers are already going to have three solidified guys. you got to think about that. If Juju really just, you know, solidifies that spot for the rest of the season. But I think I did see a set a set about Martavis Bryant. I, I don't know if it was seven of the last eight or eight of the last nine, something like that, that he scored a touchdown in Heinz Field. And I was something, I don't know, one of the eight of the last nine games maybe. So I, I really hope we can see some big plays out of him. I, I know he's been open at points. Roethlisberger missed him last game. I definitely saw, and I definitely saw that and obviously dropped that pass against Chicago. So he, he's got to be due for something. 
Yeah, for sure. He does really play well at Heinz Field. And I think, as as I said earlier, it's kind of knocking the rust off, getting him and Roethlisberger on the same page. Ben hasn't been playing all too great. So, I mean, that's obviously going to affect the way, uh, you know, the receivers and kind of the production him and Antonio put forth. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you can't say he's not due for a big game, but at the same time, it's really the whole entire. It, it depends on if the run, if the Steelers can establish the run early, and Jacksonville really has to put six, seven guys in the box, and that's where Martavis and Antonio Brown can kind of capitalize over the top. So, all in all, do you think that Pittsburgh, obviously, it's going to be? You know, I don't think we should take this Jacksonville team lightly. It'll still be a tough game either way. Do you think Pittsburgh prevails and takes the W? Yeah, I do. Um, I think it'll be, you know, if I'm going to offer my prediction, I don't think they score 30 yet. I think they get close. That's what they had 26 last week against a, a right. better defense than what they'll see this week. So my prediction, I'll go 28 for the Steelers, and uh, I'll do 17 for Jacksonville, 28-17. You heard it here from Chris Mueller, 28-17. There's his prediction. But, again, Chris, thank I you think, I think Jacksonville. Huh? Yeah, oh, you keep going. I think it's the same same thing as last last week. Jacksonville uh, puts up, you know, maybe a, a touchdown at the end, kind of in garbage time. But Steelers yeah. defense, it'll be like it'll be twenty eight ten when the game's really over. But yeah, man, anytime. Oh yeah, for sure. Now before I let you go, too, I was actually just talked about that on my last show. Watching the, I was breaking down the Steelers Ravens game and watching that game. Obviously, the Steelers it was twenty six to nine. Obviously, the Steelers. We're going to win the game, but the Ravens, you know, Steelers are in prevent pretty much. The Ravens are driving down the field. And I, I just really was like, all right, they cannot let this team score. Like, they obviously didn't score. It took it all the way to fourth and goal. I was like, I do not want to see a game that's like 26 to 17 that, like, looks closer than it is. Like, I want to go into there and just look like a blowout. Like, that just looks so much better than rather seeing, like, a nine-point game or something. Yeah, how about that Kansas City game where you know everyone who bet the over they they that that like oh my fumble God. recovery touchdown and <laughs> you know it, it was last second everyone who bet the over you know kind of last minute had a had a definitely had a good night that definitely affected a lot of people yeah. tonight so yeah oh my God. <laughs> Blake Blake Bar- Blake Bortles I mean people draft him on fantasy he's he's the perfect garbage time quarterback because that's where he racks up all his stats. <laughs> But again, Chris, thank you again, you know, for taking the time with us and breaking down the game. I, I look forward to doing some more with you in the future. And thank you again. If, before we let you go, if you want to, you know, let everybody know out there where you can, they can find you on Twitter, your media outlets, all that kind of stuff, you can do that now. Oh uh, yeah, no doubt, man. I'm on, uh, I'm on Twitter at by Chris Mueller. Uh, you know, not the radio host. You know, Chris Mueller. He's a friend of mine, <laughs> but same same spelling different guy uh so yeah at by chris mueller you can you can follow me on twitter and um i also do some some contributing work for yard barker uh it's a it's a blog syndication website so i'll be having some content on there in the new future but yeah man anytime anytime all right thanks again have a great day chris that was chris mueller he contributes for us to the nation Dot com. When he gets the chance, it's always good to have him right for the site. He puts out some great articles, puts out some great work. Check him out again on his Twitter. You'll see all this stuff at by Chris Mueller. Not Chris Mueller, not the radio host, but by Chris Mueller. They're spelled the same way on Twitter. But anyway, it was great to have him on. Great to preview the game. And we'll see you guys on Tuesday. Well, actually, not Tuesday. We'll see you guys Monday and Tuesday because Monday 
we will be breaking down the Steelers' theory or loss against Jacksonville. We hope it's a victory. Believe it's a victory. And obviously, I'm going to give my score prediction before we kind of wrap up the show. But I think the Steelers are going to prevail in this game. And I actually like Chris's prediction. I'm actually going to, you know, I might stand my prediction, but I think that they're going to get to the 30 this week. I think Roethlisberger has a good game. So I'll come close. He was 28-17. I'll say 31-17. Steelers win. So I think the Steelers pick up that one. And like you said, I think it might be like a 31-10 game. They score late, make it 31-17. But we'll see. I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. I don't want the Steelers, you know, hopefully it's not another trap game. But how cool could say that? They're, the Jacksonville's 2-2. Two and two. Easily could be 3-1 and one against the Jets last week. But they're still in first place in the AFC South, even though it looks like Houston's the hot team. And Maytag, I believe they'll take that division. Early in the season, I thought Tennessee would, but the injury was Mariota. And they got blown out last week to Houston. We'll have to see. So I think that's my prediction, 31-17 win over Jacksonville to improve the 4-1 and one, and look ahead to the big matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs. But, again, I want to let everybody know today that you can go out to Total Sports Enterprises, and if you have bought anything, any James Harrison Debo collection clothes, you bought any autographs, anything James Harrison you bought from them, make sure you have that receipt or maybe email receipt on your phone or something, make sure you have that today if you want to meet James Harrison live for a free meet and greet with James Harrison. No autographs, but a meet and greet. You get a picture with Harrison. They're only taking the first 250 people that are there. If you go to Total Sports Enterprise at the Mall at Robinson at 4 p.m. today, I believe you can start getting in line to show, to try to be the first 250 there. You just show them your receipt. They'll give you a wristband, and I believe it starts at 7 p.m. Lines will start at 6 p.m., but 7 p.m., I believe James Harrison will be there, I think, until 8.30 p.m. So make sure if you want to meet James Harrison, there's the way to do it. Today, 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m., be at the line by 4 with your James Harrison Debo collection, anything James Harrison receipt. Show that to the guys up there, and you'll be with a meet and greet with James Harrison for free tonight at 7. And also tomorrow, we'll be there. We'll be there live at Total Sports Enterprise. Again, they're having a big signing tomorrow from – 12 to 1, yep, 12 to 1, they will be having Lewis Lips and Yancey Thigpen there. It's always a wide receiver day tomorrow there. So we'll have Lewis Lips and Yancey Thigpen, former Steeler wide receivers, from 12 to 1 p.m. And then from 1 to 2 p.m., Heinz Ward will be there. And from 2 to 3 p.m., Eli Rogers and Antoine Randall will be in attendance. They're signing autographs, taking pictures. Make sure, I think the last day to order them was yes. Yesterday, I want to say, or today's the, I believe it was yesterday. Maybe yesterday was the last day you could order them online, but I believe you can you can buy them there. I think some people did that last time for the James Conner, just Miss Schuster, that signing. But, yeah, so I hope to see a lot of you guys there tomorrow. I will be there tomorrow. I won't be at the Harrison one tonight. I got caught up in something. and probably be tough anyway. you got to be the first 250 there. So I'm sure there's going to be a huge line today, so. Hopefully you guys can meet Harrison. If you do, send us tweet us pictures of you with James Harrison. It's a cool thing to see. And hope to see you guys tomorrow at the signings. And we'll see you on Monday, obviously, for our show recap of the Jacksonville Steelers game. And then Tuesday we'll be in live studio with Steelers DB Mike Hilton. He'll join us in studio. And we'll have a lot of, you know, pictures, videos. We'll have it up for you on the podcast, on our website. Everything for you for the SteelerNation.com. And again, you've been listening to the Steeler Nation podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Candelaria. Have a great day, everybody.
go Steelers. Let's get the W this weekend. This life I cannot change In the head, deep off in the main Eminem, sweet like candy cane Drop the top, pop it, let it bang